You're listening to the Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Great Since 68 Podcast. This is episode 36. I'm joined, as always, by Chris and Kaz. How are you both tonight? Very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. Glad to hear it. We'll go straight into it then. And this past weekend, Birmingham City took on championship side Sheffield United and they picked up a 2-0 win over the Blades. You both were at the game. How was it? It wasn't the greatest game, if we're both being honest. We should have been at least 4-5-0 up before half-time. We had a goal that went over the line and we didn't really do much in the first half. Second half, I thought it was a bit better when we brought Aoife and Lucy on. And then obviously Lucy scored a worldie. Briefly touching on that goal then, obviously, Kaz, she came on as a substitute and describe the goal from, from your point of view. We were actually, me and Chris and Sean were behind the goal. It was one of those, she's seen the keeper off the line and I would say she was about 40 yards out. And you know what Lucy's like with a left foot. Absolutely superb goal. It's lucky that I managed to catch this because obviously Phil Neville's got the video from somewhere. Obviously he wasn't at the game, he was at a different game, but he's he's got the footage and, he, and he's released it on Instagram for those who haven't seen it. It's a it's a great hit, Chris. Yeah, but I mean that that that's the that's the ability Lucy's got. She came off the bench and immediately we started to move the ball a little bit quicker. Her movement was very good. Um, she got into areas that our midfielders who started the game, although they did a good solid job, you know, she was getting into positions and getting into areas that that were hurting Sheffield United, um, not just because of a, a world class goal, um, but obviously. That, that's the thing that stole the show, and it, it was top class. She's turned inside the centre circle, seen Nicola Hobbs off her line, and um, and done what she's done on, on many a previous occasion, shown her, shown her long-range ability and put us in the lead. And we weren't done there, obviously. Another goal later on, it was another substitute. Shania Hales getting her first senior goal for Birmingham City. And Chris, from your perspective, it was a great moment for her, and obviously... A great goal. It was fully deserved. Like Kaz said, I think we hit the bar four or five times in the first half, a couple again in the second. For Shania to come on and impose herself on the game, really. As soon as she came on, she went out wide left and was immediately terrorising the right back. Very direct, very skillful, very quick. Always looking to run at players, get into attacking areas. And, and the goal come from a corner wasn't cleared properly and it fell to her about 10 yards out struck it really sweetly on on the volley with a favoured left foot and it nestled into the into the top corner so really pleased for her you know she, she come on and showed a lot of promise a lot of intent and she deserved the goal you know and that obviously sealed the three points for us then for someone who's had a couple of appearances before now and not really managed to get the goal she wants. It's finally come. And Chris and Kaz spoke to her after the game. And this is her thoughts on the great moment for her. We have Shania Hales with us. Shania, come on as a sub today. Your first goal for Blues. How did that feel? It was unreal. Like, I didn't really, when I, I didn't really know how to celebrate. It was just an unreal experience. And uh, yeah, it's just a good experience. Um, so you came around for about 10-15 minutes towards the end. One of the front players looked really direct, really attacking. Is that is that your attitude on the pitch? You you want to get forward and you want to start targeting defenders and causing problems? Yeah, sitting on the bench, you just want to get on and, and 
prove yourself and yeah one of my strong points is taking people on getting to goal shooting so when I came on I wanted to make an impact because obviously we were only one nil up at that time and I'm glad that I did so as the corners come in I think it's headed back across and it's come to you on your left foot left footed or right footed normally yeah I'm left footed so perfect and and to volley it in the corner that must have been an amazing feeling and the players come around you yeah, definitely. I just hit it, to be honest, because sometimes with forwards, if we think too much, it ends up going wrong. But I just thought, you know what, hit it, get over the ball, and I did. And like I say, it was just an unreal moment. I didn't really know how to celebrate for it. And obviously, with Charlie was up front today, and we've got Ellen White in the squad as well. You must be learning a lot from, from the likes of Ellen, and, and Charlie's learning from Ellen, and you can learn from them as well. Yeah, definitely, and they're really supportive in training as well. Like, if you do something a bit wrong, they tell you how to make it right. And it's good, like, Ellen, like... A great player to learn off and watch in training and in matches. So, so obviously, you got, got your first goal today. Um, hopefully, a, a few more appearances before the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just training hard and then trying to just every time I get an opportunity, just make sure I take it and prove to Mark why I should be maybe getting more minutes and stuff. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, congratulations and hopefully see more more goals from you this season. Thank you. Thank you. Let's turn back to that, Cal. Obviously, uh, it reminds me a lot of when I interviewed Fran Stenson and she was obviously quite shocked to get the get a chance to play in that game when I think it was against Everton. Managing to get the win for the team, it's obviously a big moment for her and obviously like Shania is this time, she's got the goal and she's had an impact on the game and it's hard to put into words the emotion of playing for the senior side and, and having such an impact, isn't it? It is, yeah. I hope she's going to get more of a chance now. She was super when she came on, so yeah, I think she's going to be one hell of a player in the future. She's obviously the latest in a line of players who's come through the youth academy, obviously, at the club. Obviously, Charlie Wellington is the most notable one. She's risen through the ranks and obviously she's become a mainstay in the first team now, Chris. It's nice to see that we continue not just to bring good goalkeepers through, but obviously players in other positions as well. The likes of Charlie are, are brilliant examples for Shania. She keeps playing well. When she gets a chance, if she takes it and contributes points, goals towards the team, then then she's going to force her way into more and more match day squads. Like we mentioned in the interview, she's got Ellen White to learn from and and Charlie Wellings as well. You know, two, two strikers who are in re- really good form over the last 12, 18 months or so. Chris and Kaz also spoke to manager Mark Skinner after the game and here are his thoughts on the match. Here we are for the Great Scene 68 podcast uh, with manager Mark Skinner after today's 2-0 win over Sheffield United. Mark, first overall reaction to the 90-minute performance and the result? I'm proud of the result. I'm proud of the players because it's probably the third game we've played now where a team's banked up on us and we have to find an outcome to score a goal and win the game. So, again, we, we've got to take our chances. If we do that, this game's so, so comfortable. Again, our keeps had nothing to do. It's just frustrating for us at the minute that we don't finish the chances that we're quite clearly creating. And once we get that down and once we start to focus and get a little bit more run in the season, that, that will change and we'll, we'll be comfortable up in games. That's something we've got to get used to, I think, isn't it, this season? You know, we had a, a really good end at the, to, the, to the back end of last season, a great start this season. Teams know that we're very good defensively and they are going to bank up and we've got to get used to that. Absolutely, and I think, look, if they're, they're going to do that, they're going to try and for one little bit of a mistake because they know we like the ball as well. But I just must reiterate, it's still the same way we're going to play. Look, we'll find ways in games. That, like, at the end, we've gone a little bit more direct and played a little bit 
of a first ball, second goal because they just banked up. So it's just a different way of unlocking. Then we went back to playing our football and playing through. So we will find ways, but we won't change the way that we're going to do things because the sooner you kick a ball up a field and give it away, the sooner you're defending. And I want to stay on the ball longer. And we always say we play for the 70th minute because at that point, the opposition will be knackered from chasing the ball all game and then your chances start to really fall on the plate for you. Which certainly happened today, didn't it? You know, we, I think we got our goal on about the 70th. It felt like, um, you know, they were, they were tiring. We were getting a lot more of the ball. We were having the ball a lot higher up the pitch. Um, and we've got our rewards. It's a brilliant goal from Stan, obviously. But just generally, we, we were getting the ball forward a lot easier uh, and creating more chances because of the tiredness in their team. Absolutely. And it's not even tiredness with body. It's tiredness with mind. Because as soon as that, they start in the wrong press. They'll press the wrong person at the wrong time and then you can find your midfield spaces through to get through. But I actually studied the game, so I, I kind of know the way we want to play. I'm not just doing it as a whim. You know, I spend hours and hours of every day defining the way that we play and that you know you can't dictate the way a game goes. You can try your best, mm. but you have to adapt. So, look, any frustration that you don't score every chance, you go, well, name me a team that does. Mm. Even Man City don't, the men don't do that. Yeah. And they're one of the best teams you'll ever see. So look at the game with Liverpool men yesterday. They didn't take all the chances out, otherwise it would have been comfortable against Tottenham. Yeah. So be patient and then just, we know what we're doing. And the girls have shown again. That's why I'm proud of them because all the people that were giving it a little bit of may from the side, well, that you still can wave a victory and you've, you've had a nice day out. Quick mention, uh, a few changes to the team today. Hannah coming in goal, Harriet Scott started at right back. Normally it's Hayley and, and Marissa and today Connie come in and, and Chloe Arthur, a, a mention for those players who came in. I thought they were brilliant. I thought, you know, look, we're, we're in a week now where there's three games in eight days, yeah. seven days. So uh, we have to make sure we use all of our players. And what a great opportunity for them to... We have to trust these players because I do trust them in training and so on. And I want them to be Birmingham of the future. So you've got to give them opportunity to play. And I'm so proud of the way that they, they performed today. I thought there were some real standout performances. And then that means we can now freshen up again going into Brighton and then we'll see where we're at. We're going into Reading, we've got choices to make for yeah. that one as well. So it's really needed, guys, because if you remember the Sunderland performance last year, it was our third game in a row yeah, and yeah. it was walking football. Yeah. And both teams were walking football. So hopefully we'll have more energy to, to perform well in the next two games too. Yeah, and uh, Shania come off the bench today. Her first goal looked really direct. Looked like she wanted to attack that left back at every given opportunity. She's brilliant in one v one situations. So we, if you hear us from the side when she gets it, go on, get her. Make sure that you go one v one, and she knows exactly what to do. She will push and run. She'll cut you. She she's got everything she needs in the forward. Now we just make sure she knows her defensive duties, and then she'll be a real talent. I'm so pleased for her to get her goal today. Kaz, any questions for Mark? With Ellen not being in the squad, is she? a long-term injury or a short-term injury we're assessing at the minute so we don't know we've had a slight setback with an injury this week but we don't know the severity we're meeting this week so as soon as we do we'll let everybody know any update on rachel's operation from what i believe it was really successful she had a reconstruction on her acl which has gone well we we believe and uh, also they just tidied up a tiny bit of meniscus in there but that was just because it was a little tweak so so hopefully then that's ready to go I've visited her in the hospital and she's in really good spirits so she's got a, a kind of like brace on for the next few weeks and then then we can start her rehabbing and getting her back towards playing for Birmingham perfect Mark thank you very much
Just jumping off the back of that, Chris, obviously Ellen White and Rachel Williams both out for a, a period of time. We don't know how long for Ellen, but uh, Rachel's going to be at least till probably around Christmas, as Mark has said in the past. But in terms of those, they're obviously big misses, but it gives chances to the likes of Charlie Wellings and Shania Hales going forward for the short term, at least. Yeah, it does. Um you know, and and the likes of Lucy Quinn as well, and and Emma Follis. We've got a lot of, a lot of players in in attacking positions who, not necessarily out and out recognised strikers, but certainly players who who have got good shots on them um, and can get in positions where that they can get shots away. I'm certain Charlie will play a big part in in the majority of this week if Ellen's not available for for either game. The forward players, Lucy Quinn, Emma Follis, Charlie Wellings, they've got to step up and show that we're a side that are more than just Ellen White and we can score goals without her. Absolutely. And Kaz, obviously, it was a first start for Harriet Scott in this game. How did she do as as, as part of the defensive backline? I like Harriet. I thought she was very good. Towards the half-time whistle, she was blown a bit, obviously. She hadn't had much game time. Obviously, she was injured when she came towards from Redden. I think she's going to be... a very, very good asset to the team. Hopefully so. And uh, I think she played against uh, the Northern Ireland recently. Obviously, that was her first game back uh, in, a, in a quite a long while. So, as you say, she'll need more minutes, but uh, it looks promising. Before we finish talking about the Sheffield game, there's one thing I'd like to bring up. Obviously, Kaz has been... Um, she brought it up in both interviews, but I cut cut them both out of the main interviews just so we could focus a little bit on it as a standalone topic. Kaz, you, you brought up Mark's hair. Mark's obviously had his hair cut and it's obviously shorter than uh, before. We put a poll out earlier today to have a look what people thought of it and we found the re- results are 60% people think he should bring back the quiff. What are your thoughts, Kaz? Definitely. It makes him look old. Do you, do you think it looks makes him look older, Chris, having shorter hair? I think it. I think it's just just a more of a, a traditional smart look, I guess, from my point of view. He's going to be a dad, isn't he? He can't go around with crazy haircuts. Being he's, he's got to show that he's a he's a sensible father now. But um, no, I, I liked his answer when we interviewed him. It was he said it was his war cut because we're going to war this season with teams. But yeah, it's good to see we're dealing with the really serious issues in in women's football. We just need to now sort sort out the pepper situation in the WSL, and then we'll oh, be perfect. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Just for the benefit of everyone who wants to hear what Mark had to say about his haircut, I've got the clip here, so we'll play it now. When I put my quiff up before, and the wet weather's come in, if I'd have put it, it'd have just drooped all over my face. I wouldn't have been able to see anything. So I've gone functional. And also, this is the war haircut. I go to war each year, so that's my focus. Hair's off, let's go. We've got another slogan for the T-shirts. So, <laughs> <laughs> The win, of course, over Sheffield United means Birmingham City remain in second in their cup group behind Manchester City. We are now on seven points from the first three matches, just a point behind the blue side of Manchester. Speaking of the blue half of Manchester, they were also in action this weekend. They travelled to the Stoke Gifford Stadium to take on Bristol City. The hosts did well against last season's finalists and went into the break 0-0. But Manchester City stepped it up in the second half and Caroline Weir, Nadia Nadim and former Bristol player Claire Elmsley all scored to make it 3-0 at the final whistle. The final game of the weekend in our group saw the bottom two sides face off as Aston Villa took on Leicester City. After defeats to Sheffield United and Birmingham, Villa needed to step it up against the Foxes. The heavy league defeat to Manchester United last weekend was also fresh in their minds. When a team loses by such a heavy scoreline, it's always interesting to see how the team reacts to it. 
Club captain Kerry Welsh led by example and scored what turned out to be the winner early in the first half. Leicester wasted their best chance to get on level terms midway through the second half when they were ordered a penalty. Former Blues striker Frida Risi saw her efforts saved by keeper Aja Aguirre, who then saved the rebound. So as it stands, with two games left to play in the League Cup group stages, Manchester City are in first with eight points, Birmingham City in second with seven points, Bristol in third with four points, Aston Villa in fifth with three points, and Sheffield United just behind them also on three points. And now it's Leicester City who prop up the table with just two points from their first three matches. Now we move on to the game that we missed out last week, but we've got it fresh back. It's Blue Who. It'd be me versus Kaz this week after Chris won it in the opening week since he came back. So, Chris, I'll let you take it away for this guessing game. Okay, good luck to you both. First clue, this player, according to their Wikipedia page, is five foot nine inches tall. Craig. Go on. Uh, I'm going to say Rachel Williams. No. Kaz, do you want to have a guess? Anyone seen five foot nine to you? Keris Harrop? No. So we go on to the next clue. This player was born in March of 1995. That would make them 23, I think. Correct. Uh, stop. Lucy Quinn. No. Cass? With it being you, I'm going to go Haley, lad. <laughs> no. That would have been far That was obvious. a good guess, to be fair, Cass. It was a good guess, yeah. <laughs> Third clue. This player has a league winner's medal. Oh, 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 Ellen White. No. On to uh, clue number four. This player has represented her country at all age groups bar full. And Catherine Berger. No. Stop. Is it Chloe Arthur? No. And we go to the last clue. Oh, of course, she would, have, she, would have, she would have played for Scotland already. That's, that's a terrible answer. Yeah, her fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a right, right mare there. Carry on, Chris. Uh, final clue. I suggest you get your names ready quickly. Don't mess with this player's partner. Ah, oh, Carol. Go, Carol. Paige Williams. Correct. Woohoo! Congratulations, Kaz. It is. That means, Kaz, you're in charge of it for next week, so keep uh, get your clues ready for next week, and congratulations on beating me <laughs> in, in this week's one. So I'll be being Chris next week, and obviously, let's see how bad my losing streak continues as I, as I look to take over this quiz once again at some point. <laughs> now it's time for our preview, as we will be releasing this show on a Wednesday. As per usual, we will not be focusing on tonight's game against Brighton, but instead we will look ahead to the weekend and an away trip to Reading. But before we do, a brief word on this evening... It's obviously going to be nice to see the likes of Ellie Brazil and Chloe Peplo back playing on the Damson Park turf, Chris. Is Chloe Peplo coming? I had no idea. That completely passed me by. Kaz told me you were making a banner, so I'm, I'm sure you knew. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, you know, they're fond memories of them. They were fan favourites when they were here. So, yeah, it would be great to see them both again. Hopefully they don't have a, a particularly enjoyable return. You want them to to play well of course but you, you want us to, to get the three points I think we're, we're more than capable of doing that we certainly hope so so on to the Reading game then this will be on Sunday Kelly Chambers's side suffered what I would consider a shock defeat this past weekend to Everton 
Reading were 3-1 down at one stage and before making it 3-2 to set up a nervy final 11 minutes. The Royals began their league campaign with a 4-0 win over Yeovil Town the previous week. They were what you would call clinical in that game. Almost every shot was pinpoint and in the corner, out of the reach of goalkeeper Megan Walsh. What do you think went wrong against Everton, Kaz? Maybe they were overconfident. Quite possibly. What do you think, Chris? Everton are a decent side, you know, and they've got goals in them. Everton were at home, am I right in saying? I believe so. Yeah. It's a tough place to go, but I agree with you, Craig. I think I would have expected Reading to go there and win. But they'll, they'll be looking to bounce back quickly. You know, they had a almost perfect start to the league campaign in beating Yeovil. And they had a really good season last season. And we know what it's like going to Reading, really. You know, it's, it's you, you could play as many of the, the previous podcasts that we've done previewing our trips to Reading. And I'm sure it would be exactly the same preview because it's, it's, it's always a, a, a really tight fixture. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Reading are the team that it, it's become a, the probably the biggest rivalry in this uh, in terms of us over the course of the last few seasons. Obviously, mm. may, may, maybe Manchester City with the amount of times we played Manchester City, but Reading it's always a close game, as you say. We've we've drawn four of the last five games against them, and the one that wasn't a draw we did win, and that was the last time we went to Adams Park, thanks to Marissa Ewers scoring in the FA Cup, I believe it was. Yeah, a great moment for us. Reading are playing West Ham United tonight and that's a bit of a wildcard fixture for them. Obviously West Ham have only played League Cup games so far, losing to Arsenal and beating Lewis. Do you think there's a chance of another slip-up tonight for Reading or will Kelly James's side have the team working extra hard these past few days to correct the mistakes on Sunday, Kaz? I'm hoping for a West Ham win. I would like Matt Beard. I think he's one hell of a manager. And the players that they've re- recruited as well. I know they've signed a few players from Chelsea. But then you've got a couple of girls that are like West Ham through and through. The legs of Kate Longhurst, who is one probably one of the most versatile players I've ever watched. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a West Ham win tonight. As mentioned briefly last weekend, Reading have done some solid transfer business on the back of their highest finish in the Women's Super League last season. They've signed Gemma Davidson from Chelsea, Rachel Laws from Sunderland, Sophie Howard from Hoffenheim. Millie Farrow from Bristol City and Maz Pacheco from Doncaster Rovers Bells. Who stands out to both of you from this list and why? For me, I think Gemma Davison is always somebody who has caused Blues problems every time Every time I've seen her. She's looked a real threat. I've no reason to, to suggest why she wouldn't be a threat again this time. You know, I think we need to we need to stop the ball getting to her as much as possible and not give her the opportunity to, to run at our back ball. I think I think Davison's one to look out for. And what about you, Kaz? I'm going to go for Maz Pacheco. I think she's a fantastic left back. She can run up and down the wing. She's like she never stops. And also, I'd like to put Rachel Laws in there as well because I think she's a one-handed goalkeeper. Absolutely, I think yeah, Rachel Laws is obviously a great keeper as she proved for Sunderland. And Chris, as you as you pointed out, Gemma Davidson is probably the probably the biggest threat out of those that they've signed. And again, as Kaz said, Mas Pacheco, speedy left back who can be dangerous as well. As for players that have left the club, the big ones are obviously Mary Yerps, who left for Wolfsburg. And of course, Harriet Scott, who's joined us. Reading away is just one of those fixtures that fans love to go, isn't it? The atmosphere both on and off the pitch makes it feel like a big game. It is always a closely contested affair. And we have no reason to doubt it's going to be just the same again, Chris. Yeah, 
you mentioned about the the rivalry with Man City that we've had, but that, you know, that's all the way up in Manchester. You know, I think Notts County were, you know, our, our local rivals or such. But I think Reading's probably, you know, Reading and Bristol really are the closest we've got now. So over the years, it, it definitely has been Reading that that, that had the needle with. And like you say, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that it's going to be a very similar sort of game on Sunday. It also helps, obviously, with the amount of former Blues players who, who joined Reading, obviously. Yeah, that's that course. extra bit of spice, doesn't it, Kaz? Yeah, like Remy Allen's still on fire. She was probably the one player that I'm, I was gutted that left. Obviously, Jade's still out injured. And you've got Joe, who is a good midfielder. She's more of like a quarterback now, isn't she? The last time we saw her, she's <laughs> pinging the balls for fun. last couple of times, she's played as part of a back three, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see whether they've, they've adapted their style or formation. But... Yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see when we play them on the weekend. So prediction time. Well, I think Chris went first last time. So Kaz, why don't you take it away this time? Oh, it's going to be 1-0 either way. So yeah, 1-0 either way. Oh. Get off the fence, Kaz. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to say 1-0 Redden, just because of the signings they've brought in. Chris, how about you? I will say we'll concede our first goal of the season, but we'll get a 1-1 draw. I was going to go for a 1-1 draw, so I'm going to have to pick something different sorry, now. Brian, so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I did that to you last week. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on. Keep right on till the end of the